Welcome to Conversations with Ken, a podcast where we discuss relevant topics in investing. I'm Ken Crawford, Senior Portfolio Manager with Argent Capital Management. Today I want to talk about the supply chain, and with me is Kirk McDonald. Kirk? Hi everybody, this is Kirk. Kirk McDonald, for listeners that have heard this, heard him before, uh, might remember that Kirk McDonald is our mid-cap portfolio manager. He is also our in-house economist, so I thought he would be a great source to try to explain what the supply chain is and why it's so much in the headlines today. So to begin with, Kirk, what is the supply chain? So Ken, the supply chain, yes. is, it used to be a niche thing that nobody talked about. Uh, now we're all talking about it. So. I'll start off by defining it. I think that's a good idea. Please so do. the supply chain is all the activities required by an organization or company to deliver goods and services to the consumer. So it involves everything from the raw materials, so digging them out of the ground or right. growing them, to manufacturing them and all the intermediate steps to getting them put together in the final form that they're gonna be delivered to the consumer. And then finally servicing them once they're installed at the consumer's house. Okay, so it's basically everything about our world. Exactly, exactly. And why now is it such a headline item? Well, due to a very unique conflict of factors, America seems to be running out of everything. When you go to the store, it, in the past, it used to be full of everything imaginable. The, sh- the shelves were full. Now, a lot of times you go and the shelves are relatively empty. So that's it's in the news now. And it's um, I'm one of the people that's... Um, impacted by the supply chain problems in that I ordered an oven almost exactly a year ago. Today's November 24th, 2021. I ordered an oven on November 29th, 2020, and I still don't have it. And I ordered it from a very large manufacturer and is not, in my mind, a very special oven, but it's taking over a year to get it to me. So that's one example. Uh, But also very large companies such as Nike have warned consumers that all of the clothes and the shoes that they're interested in buying for the holiday season probably won't be available. Uh, Apple is concerned that they might not be able to manufacture all the iPhone 13s that people want to buy. So it's uh, impacting huge corporations that have been constructing and building, making things for decades. They're unable to do it right now. And how, given that situation, and and we've all seen the headlines, and sorry that you got to buy your pizza or whatever, how did we get into that situation? Because as you mentioned, before everything was kind of running smoothly. Well, it's it's a unique set of circumstances that led to the situation. So over about the past 30, 35 years, manufacturing has, has become, has focused on becoming very lean. So they have little redundancy uh, in everything, a little slack in everything from truck drivers to the inventory in warehouses to the goods on shelves. And they've been relying on what's called just-in-time inventory. So things are delivered immediately when they're needed to the factory and only immediately when they're needed to the retail store shelves. So there's very little slack in the supply chain. So any disruption would have caused things to not become available. And for the first time in 30, 35 years, there was a disruption caused by COVID in early 2020 when uh, we forced manufacturing to shut down for a few weeks in order to try to slow the spread of COVID. So that hadn't happened before. And then you combine that with on the opposite end, demand. Typically in a situation like that, people also, they stayed at home because they weren't allowed to go to their jobs. 
um, they typically wouldn't have much money to spend. But in order to really to prevent the economy from completely locking up while we while we tried to slow the spread of COVID, we had massive fiscal stimulus. So we increased unemployment benefits to people to help them out, and we even had direct payments to people to put money in their pocket to help them out. So while they were home with nothing to do but money in their pocket, they naturally started to shop. And online shopping became huge. So they started to order things that they wanted. And they had time to think about, hey, what would we like to do to the house? What other things would we like to have here? And they ordered them. Um, so that massive demand combined with an inability to manufacture goods and the lean manufacturing led to bottlenecks throughout the supply chain system. So where are we seeing those bottlenecks? So the bottlenecks really are, are happening um, everywhere. And the most visible one uh, that people talk about is the massive number of ships parked off the ports of Los Angeles right. and Long Beach, California. And I think uh, six months ago, most people had no idea that 40% of the goods imported to the United States came through just those two ports. But now we're all very well aware of that. So that's that's an obvious thing where um, where we see it in the in the in the um, economy right now. So so we see that and. Um, we see um, auto manufacturers unable to make cars, and the biggest reason for that is really the semiconductor chips, which turn out uh, most of them are manufactured in uh, a small island, a uh, country called Taiwan, um, and um, they're not a able because of COVID shutdowns to make enough semiconductors to supply everything from cars to my oven to the watches that we wear on our wrist and things like that. And listeners might remember that Ying Ko was, was on a podcast and talked about the chip shortage, and she educated me that it's not uh, Fritos and potato chips when people talk about chips. So <laughs> that helped me. So, so we are here in this uh, supply chain bottleneck. Um, how do we get out of it? So people are incredibly ingenious and resilient. So they're finding ways to get around the situation and to solve it. So uh, one of the things I mentioned was um, at, at the peak, there was 86 ships parked off the port of ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach and Southern California. And the reason for that was they couldn't offload their containers because the ports were completely clogged with containers. Um, and many of them were empty. So um, they've increased the number of sweeper ships, which is just older container ships mm -hmm. that come in and pick up the empty containers and move them back to mostly China where they can be reloaded with goods to bring back to the United States. So getting those empty containers out of the way has allowed them to offload more full containers from the ships and start processing them through faster. Also, in the past, containers used to only sit on the port for two days on average. Then they would be picked up by a truck and either shipped on a truck or on a train to their final destination. But, but on average, those containers were stuck on the ports for more than nine days wow. recently. So what the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach decided to do was start finding the shipping companies for any containers that stayed on the ports more than nine days. And interestingly enough, it was just the threat of having to pay additional fines that the shippers got creative and found ways to move their containers off faster. So that's helping to solve, the, those two things are helping to solve that problem. Additionally, they're running the ports 24-7 right now in Southern California, um, which is the norm for the rest of the ports around the world. So they were able to process and fill boxes and put them on container ships to send to the United States much faster than when we were only open 18 hours a day in our ports. To Unsurprisingly, we couldn't 
process them off the ships as fast. Now the ship, the ports of Long Beach and Los Angeles are operating 24 seven. So that's, that's happening. And a longer term trend that will, that will alleviate the supply chain bottlenecks is reshoring. Reshoring. So that's companies built, bringing manufacturing from overseas back to the United States. So according to reshoring.org, 1,334 companies announced plans to start manufacturing in the United States mm. again, move it back from overseas to the United States in 2021. Additionally, the United States was the largest uh, destination for foreign direct investment in 2021 of any country in the world. So 510 international companies said, we're gonna invest in building manufacturing in the United States in 2021. And that combined number of 1,300 and, excuse me, 1,844 companies opening manufacturing facilities in the United States in just one year is a record. And that, while it will take time to actually right. get up to speed, will help to alleviate the, the uh, supply chain bottlenecks because we'll be building things here in the, the United States closer to where they're needed. Right. So instead of China and Vietnam and et cetera, it'll be Texas or Arizona or maybe even Missouri. That's exactly right. And uh, I think it's, it's great for employment and right. everything else right here in this country. Okay, so we are where we are now. When would you be surprised if supply chain was still a headline for us and for the economy? I think it would still be, um, it will be a big surprise to me if we're still talking about it in six months. There's already signs that the supply chain bottlenecks are starting to alleviate. So I mentioned that just a, about a week ago on November 16th, the number of ships parked off the port of Long Beach in Los Angeles uh, peaked at 86. It's now down to 71 ships as of two days ago. So for the first time since the beginning of the pandemic, the number of ships is actually starting to shrink hmm. that are stuck off the coast. Because typically in the past, there was no ships right. parked off the coast. We're starting to finally move in that direction. So that's another good sign. Um, also, the number of containers stuck on the ports of Los mm -hmm. Angeles and Long Beach for more than nine days, that's down by one third from the peak. And um, also shipping rates for those containers coming from the Shanghai to Los Angeles, which is one of the main the main routes that the that uh, people bid for, that's down 19% from the peak about a month or so ago. So those are some of the signs that things are that things are improving. Another sign is industrial production numbers uh, just came out a few days ago from the Federal Reserve, and U.S. manufacturing hit a record huh. uh, in October, um, and it was the highest it's been since March of 2019, which is a good sign that there are those intermediate goods available for people to start manufacturing things faster. So it, will, it should allow shelves to get restocked at the store level. So those are some of the signs. And also companies are starting to announce that they feel the worst of it is behind them. So Toyota Motor Company said, we think the worst of the ship chip shortage is behind us. So we'll be able to start manufacturing cars at our normal rate. Um, and Honeywell International also said that we feel the worst is behind us and they make a wide variety of goods and goods for people. And they said that the worst they feel is behind them. So uh, I think in six months from now, I would be surprised if people are still talking about this as a big problem. Okay, well in six months or when your oven is delivered, we'll check back with you and see if supply chain continues to be a headline that it is today. In the meanwhile, Kirk McDonald, thank you very much. And Ken, thank you for having me. And happy holidays to you all, and happy shopping, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Ken. 
for now. Stay safe, stay well, and thank you for investing your time with us. This podcast represents opinions from portfolio managers of Argent Capital Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor, and reflect the portfolio manager's judgment on the date of this podcast and are subject to change. The podcast is meant for informational purposes only, is not intended to serve as a recommendation to buy or sell any security. It is also not a research report and is not intended to serve as a basis for any investment decision. All investments involve risk, and the past performance of a security or financial product does not guarantee future results or returns. Investors should consider their investment objectives and risk carefully before investing.